thank you for listening to the Servants of Christ Jesus podcast. Today's episode features Father John Ignatius sharing about the spiritual direction apostolate of the Servants of Christ Jesus. To learn more about the Servants of Christ Jesus, please visit scjesus.org. Hi, and welcome to the Servants of Christ Jesus podcast. I'm Edward Lugo, the project manager for the Servants, and today I have the pleasure of sitting down again with Father John Ignatius to talk about spiritual direction in the Servants of Christ Jesus. Welcome back, Father John. Uh, Thanks, Ed. This is a pleasure. I think it's appropriate that you are joining me for this podcast because you've been providing spiritual direction for about as long as some of the servants have been alive. <laughs> so uh, not it's to true. claim mm-hmm. that you are expert in this, but you are more expert than probably any of the other servants. So to start off, before we get into the principles of spiritual direction, can you just give me a brief history of how you first started mm. providing spiritual direction? Mm. Well, I'd I'd been in spiritual direction since about 1989, but uh, when I was a senior in college, but it was a long time before I became a director. And uh, I think I I think my first experiences of of some kind of uh, spiritual advice or counsel came in uh, as a campus minister, as a director of campus ministry running retreats. And uh, speaking with students, you know, during retreats and uh, frequently after retreats, either in small groups or one-on-one. And so that wasn't spiritual direction. I didn't think of it as spiritual direction. They didn't think of it as spiritual direction. But then uh, there were um, a few retreats that I directed in uh, California and in Chicago uh, that were kind of individually directed retreats, uh, sometimes just with scripture, sometimes with the spiritual exercises. And so I was the kind of short-term episodic spiritual director of a soul uh, high school students for a weekend or for four days you know but uh but um i wasn't their regular spiritual director i didn't think of myself as an ongoing spiritual director it wasn't until uh 1999-2000 um in my first year at franciscan university of steubenville that a uh, that a senior at Steubenville, um, a man by the name of Mick Kelly, now Father Mick Kelly, who uh, asked me if I knew about spiritual direction. I said I, I did. I enjoyed it. I highly recommended it, and I referred him to uh, a TUR friar. And uh, he came back later and asked me if I would be a spiritual director. I said, "Oh, I've never done that before. Um, I think you know there are plenty of priests on campus, and don't you know somebody that would help you?" And so. But he was persistent. He came back to me again and said the Holy Spirit seemed to be prompting him to ask me to be a spiritual director. And uh, he was, a, he was a, a good man, a man that I trusted, a man that I enjoyed spending time with. And I, and I just kind of like looked at him and I said, well, why don't we schedule a time to pray and talk and we'll see where the Lord leads. And it was very, um, it was very daunting to take on the role of kind of like primary care physician almost, you know, and, and be an ongoing spiritual director for someone. We had known each other for some months, and he asked, and then another young man asked, and I said the same thing, why don't we pray and talk and see where it goes? And and for both of them, I was a spiritual director for them for at least a, a couple of years, and then uh, and they, who were leaders on the campus, kind of shared it with other people that I did spiritual direction, and they experienced a great fruitfulness. And so uh, the word got out, and their friends began asking, and their whole household member, their fellow household members began asking, and soon I found myself you know, with an avocation, you know, kind of a, a part-time, you know, uh, occupation of, of meeting with people, praying with people, and providing uh, counsel and direction for them to grow in their spiritual lives. 
Well, thanks be to God for college students who, <laughs> who uh, elicit this gift out of you that you don't even know that you have that yes. later becomes one of the apostolic works of your community. Mm-hmm. So speaking of your community, what are some of the basic principles of providing spiritual direction mm-hmm. that the servants of Christ Jesus try to follow? Mm. Um, I think first we're followers before we're directors. First we are receivers you know, uh, from God through others, uh, priests and sacramental ministers and spiritual directors. And so firstly, um, we're followers before we become directors, and then, and then, secondly, you know, as men become, you know, available to be spiritual directors, they never become a spiritual director before they've gone through the whole thirty-day spiritual exercises and um, a couple of years of formation. Um, that they have abided and remained in the spiritual life themselves. They have done daily examination of conscience for a couple of years. They've been immersed in the scriptures. They have studied um, some spiritual writers as well as studied, you know, salvation history through the scriptures, um, and that and they have an um, uh, they have a familiarity with discernment of spirits. So that's kind of a, a foundation before a man is even eligible to be considered to be a spiritual director. Um, I think some guiding principles would be that um, a God is here. A God is already here in the directee. They're not. Uh, a, a, by the time a person comes asking for direction, they've already got a relationship with God that needs to be honored and respected and heard. And that uh, God is already here in their past. God is already here in their journey. God is already here in the present, you know, in their present desire for growth in the spiritual life. Um, and so really honoring the presence of God that's already been here and, and uh, honoring the ways that God has brought them to this moment that God uh, wants to make a use of us as humble instruments of his to help this person continue in a journey that God himself has started. And so, uh, so God is already here and respecting that reality and respecting the, the, the profound intimacy of a soul's relationship with God and then kind of coming alongside that soul, understanding it to the best of our capacity and then providing some, um, some guidance to keep growing forward in this, in this relationship and in this journey that God himself has initiated. I think another principle of spiritual direction is that God is the director and I'm kind of like his assistant director, um, you know, and so that, so that God is the one that's going to solve this person's problems. God is going to be the one that reveals himself more profoundly. God is the one that's going to bring him more deeply into the sacred scriptures to learn who God is and not just who we think God is, you know, so that God is the one that, that shoulders the primary, you know, weight, if you will, of this soul's growth and that we can help, but we are helping God and we're helping this soul to be in touch with God and helping this soul to receive more of, of what God has for them. I, I love a line from uh, St. John the Baptist in John's gospel. I believe it's in John three. He must increase, I must decrease. Uh, he must increase, I must decrease. And, and so as spiritual directors, we really want to have that disposition and posture in the soul's relationship with God, we are decreasing as God is increasing, you know, and, and that's, uh, and that's really important that we don't become kind of like the guru or, or the master that we are both, you know, the soul and the director servants, you know, of the living God. And so, uh, so we really want to be humble, like John the Baptist, that Jesus increases as John decreases 
and uh, if we do our job right, then then the uh, then the soul um, is closer to God rather than closer to us, and and more tuned in to God. You know, um, in the in between times between appointments. Yeah, so I would say those are some of the principles. I, I guess I would also say that uh, um, you know we also have this uh, disposition in us that we would also provide some scriptures and provide some guidance, you know, um, between direction appointments. That is, at the end of an appointment, we would propose some things that uh, that God inspires in us to propose for them to pray with between now and the next time as kind of exercises and uh, and opportunities to grow closer. Um, to the Lord, so so I guess those would be some of the basic things that we would, uh, the basic way that we would approach, we would approach spiritual direction, and, and this might be a good time to say that that the way you know there are many ways of doing spiritual direction, um, many uh, uh, many different ways of being trained in spiritual direction, and uh, and so ours certainly isn't the way or the only way. I would say that uh, it is a, a fruitful way for many souls, but not every soul. And the way we do spiritual direction is in high demand. So there's a uh, so there is kind of an appetite for the, the the way that we do direction, even if it's not the only way. So you spoke a little bit about John the Baptist, but I'm wondering, are there other examples from Scripture? I mean, your community is so rooted in Scripture. Are there other examples from Scripture that are kind of like explicitly about spiritual directors or spiritual direction? Yeah, you know, one of the biblical foundations for uh, for spiritual direction um, I, I love is in First Samuel, and and First Samuel, young Samuel, um, seems to be a youth or a young man, um, and he's uh, been raised around holy things, raised about around the Ark of the Covenant, raised by a priest named Eli. But uh, but he crosses this threshold of uh, not just being around religious things, but of hearing God's voice cry out to him, Samuel, Samuel, and and Samuel totally mis- misunderstands it. He he thinks it's Eli talking, and so he goes to Eli and says, "Here I am. You called me." And uh, and the confusion about spiritual things and the and the misperception about spiritual things is very very common. But Samuel is a great directee, kind of like going to Eli over and over until Eli provides the counsel that helps to open up the conversation um, for uh, for Samuel to continue and keep his attention on the Lord to say, "Speak, Lord, your servant is listening." And to, and then um, that openness to what what God will say next. So Eli's mentoring of Samuel in the spiritual life is uh, one of those biblical lessons that I that I love to look at. That sometimes we would love to be independent, wouldn't we? We would love to just be able to figure it all out ourselves. Uh, but we don't do that with you know musical instruments. Somebody teaches us. We don't do that with sports. Somebody coaches us. Uh, we don't do that with most things. You know, um, it's uh, modeled for us. It is uh, taught us. We are trained in it, and uh, and the spiritual life is is similar. And so, so as Eli helped Samuel to listen better, um, we're just kind of like uh, kind of like that Eli character, uh, wanting to help uh, individual souls to uh, to respond to God directly and open up that conversation so that there's uh, more revelation to be received and responded to. I've always, I mean, the reason I think why I trusted the direction that I. I've received from servants is you yourself said, you know, trying not to be a guru. Mm-hmm. And I felt that 
that the servants actually try to intentionally avoid that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much respecting of the soul's freedom yes. that uh, that is pushed. And you know, on behalf of all of the directees <laughs> out there, thank you for that because uh, because you have helped me grow closer to God, not necessarily grow closer to the servants of Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. which has happened by default. So, <laughs> and uh, we're glad for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you explain the difference between? I guess maybe two things, the difference between spiritual direction and just meeting with the priest for advice and Mm. also the difference between spiritual direction and counseling. Mm. Because I think for a lot of Catholics, there's, there's a confusion about, you Mm -hmm. know, what is spiritual direction? Is it counseling? Is it guidance? Is it coaching? Mm -hmm. So can you just speak about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I guess I would just say that the way we um, practice spiritual direction in our community is is not unlike the way a pastor, you know, has a vision for his whole congregation and perhaps souls individually over a long period of time and not just kind of crisis management or emergency intervention. And so uh, so so spiritual direction certainly can respond to emergencies and respond to crises. But uh, but if somebody's going for spiritual counseling or any kind of counseling, it's often because uh, there's some kind of presenting problem, you know. And I'm happy to be a priest. Um, I'm happy to be a Christian that has a conversation with somebody just about you know human wisdom or even God's wisdom about you know a crisis or uh, some kind of intervention that needs to happen. But I wouldn't necessarily call that spiritual direction. Counseling frequently is, um, as I said, kind of treating a presenting problem. Um, spiritual direction, I would say, is more like being kind of like a physical trainer, taking somebody who's, who's already kind of basically healthy, finding out, you know, kind of where they're at and where they um, where they have grown and where they haven't grown, and what their goals are, you know, what they how they desire to grow. Um, in the strength of their body and the fitness of their body and the health of their body. And then a physical trainer will maybe model or demonstrate or prescribe certain, you know, kinds of exercises. Uh, Try this, you know, and we'll get back together and see how you did. And so you're taking somebody, you know, a physical trainer would take somebody's body, you know, over the series of weeks or months to help a man or a woman kind of attain their physical goals, you know. And even if a person, you know, has some kind of medical condition or has some kind of physical emergency or, you know, has some kind of questions about diet, the physical trainer may speak into that, but primarily the physical trainer is is helping them to grow in fitness and strength. And those other things are kind of incidental. You wouldn't want those other incidental things to take the place of the training that the physical trainer's expertise is in. Similarly, um, a spiritual director is helping a uh, somebody who's basically healthy, but perhaps you know has some areas of uncertainty or lack of clarity, to uh, to put words to their spiritual life, and then to grow stronger in soul, and and so there's somebody who's already values you know their relationship with God already um, appreciates the importance of a prayer life, and then a spiritual director can find out what's already worked, what somebody what hasn't worked and what somebody hasn't tried before, you know, just to have an idea and then um, help somebody go from one appointment to the next, you know, kind of like a primary care physician perhaps, or a physical trainer grow in greater fitness and strength, spiritually speaking um, over time. 
Um, certainly a priest may do that. Um, uh, certainly an emergency, you know, counseling session might help with some of it. Uh, but, uh, but really it's, it's um, helping somebody to attend to their personal relationship with God their dialogue, their conversation with God, which sometimes they, you know, journal about even, you know, to, to help them put into words what, what they experienced in their prayer. And then to review that, and as, you, as reviewing it, the directee often comes to a greater understanding of his or her own uh, dialogue with God, relationship with God, of strengths in the relationship with God, weaknesses, you know, in the relationship with God, and opportunities to ask God for more going forward. So a spiritual director, I would say, is kind of more like a primary care physician, although I only meet with my primary care physician once a year. <laughs> um, a physical trainer, kind of like more regularly helping somebody to grow in fitness and in strength um, habitually, you know, over a, over a longer period of time. But I would imagine that part of your goal as a spiritual director, just like the part of a physical tra- the the goal of a physical trainer is to is to help someone to the point where that role is is maybe less and less necessary or less and mm-hmm. less crucial. Mm-hmm. But in seeking to accomplish that, I imagine that there has to be a temptation to point things out rather than to let the soul Mm. discover them that themselves. Mm -hmm. Is that true? I mean, you know, as a father, that's so true for me. There's so many times I'm like, son, it's like this, you know, and it's hard to resist that temptation to, to allow my son to, to kind of discover it themselves. How do you guys fight against that temptation? Yeah. Beautiful. Um, And that, and that's absolutely right. As men, we desire to repair, to fix, um, and to be efficient. And, and we really do want to respect the the soul's journey and God's timing, God's timing. And um, and we learn this in the spiritual exercises because Ignatius provides some direction for directors of the exercises, not necessarily for all spiritual directors, but for the exercises in particular, that, uh, that direction should be brief and you should permit the creature to direct, to deal directly with the creator and the creator to deal directly with the creature. And so uh, kind of uh, previewing an exercise should be brief so that the exercitant, you know, in the spiritual exercises can imagine, can think about, can dwell on, can converse with God and come to realizations for him and her, him or herself that it's the savoring of the spiritual truths that's more important than um, getting a whole bunch of principles across. Now, we don't want to people we don't want to leave people without truths from scripture, from tradition, from magisterium. We don't want to leave people ignorant, but at the same time, it's not primarily instructional, even though it includes instruction. And we're not trying to get a directee to understand everything about the mansions of St. Teresa or the, you know, the, the dark night of the senses and the dark night of the soul, you know, of, of John of the cross, even though those are available to us as directors and might be applied in certain circumstances, the, um, the lessons that a soul is, is learning is, is kind of a lesson of a father who loves them, a savior who died for them, a spirit who dwells within them. And in relationship to the word um, and uh, the scriptures, and their own prayer life, they're, they're growing, they're growing that relationship. So, so I really encourage, I, I, I try to practice this myself as best my, as best I can. And I try to prompt the directors that I'm training to really kind of slow down, listen more than you talk, listen more than you talk. And then if you see something or perceive something, 
be patient enough and slow enough to ask a question, kind of like Socrates, you know, the Socratic method. Ask a question for the directee to discover it themselves. Because if they, if they perceive it, if they discover it, if they uncover it themselves, then it's more likely to become a part of them than to just give them the answer. Because just giving an answer can go in one ear and out the other, you know. But if they're discovering it about themselves and about the God who loves them. And so, so it is, it's really important. And sometimes it's important. Um, you see the, you, you, as a director, I can sometimes see the solution or see the answer that God might have. And probably half the time I like start to speak it, they say, oh, well, that's in my next prayer period. And I'm like, oh, yes, I need to <laughs> shut up and listen, you know. But when I do shut up and I'm like listening to the next prayers, it's often that God has given me the same heart that he has, or at least a glimpse, you know, of his heart and saying, ah, this is where it would be good to go. And, you go, and then the father's like, now just watch because I'm going to reveal <laughs> this in the next prayer periods. So just listen, you know. And so, uh, um, and, and sometimes you, even if you come to the end of an appointment, and you, as a director, I have a realization, I might um, wait even for the next appointment and provide some scriptures and some questions or some topics to pray about um, that God would reveal it to the directee directly rather than me just supplying you know, the answer. And so, so I, think, I, I, I do think that that uh, lesson of respect, that lesson of patience, uh, that lesson of Socratic questioning, and that lesson of, of like um, looking for the Lord to provide um, rather than us just jumping in and, uh, and racing you know, in some kind of human haste to the conclusion of the answer that we would love you know, them to come to. Now, you've been doing this for a long time. Mm -hmm. Have you had directees that you've had over the course of decades? You know, mm. and, and how often do you, just for those who are totally unfamiliar with direction, how, how often on average do you meet with directees? Yes. And, and for how long? Mm -hmm. you know, is it a season of their life? Mm -hmm. Is it decades? Mm -hmm. uh, when I was first doing direction with undergraduate college students, I, I always let them determine the frequency and many of them would ask to meet weekly. Um, and, I, and I think that was good, you know, during their college because so much is happening, you know, and, and um, they're used to at least weekly accountability with their teachers, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and they were developing new habits of prayer. And so, so I remember, you know, about half my directees met weekly, about a fourth of them, you know, were um, every other week and another fourth of them were monthly when I was at Franciscan University of Steubenville. There aren't very many directees that I still meet with weekly. Uh, most of my directees are more mature in their lives. They, their lives are more stable. They have uh, more um, established habits of prayer. And so there's not um, as much, even though more frequent accountability might be helpful, uh, the more frequent meetings usually happen in seasons of transition or uh, discovery or discernment or or crisis, you know. And so, uh, so um, even though with undergraduate students I would meet more frequently, most of my directees I meet with now are once a month, and then it's for an hour. And there are some directees that I've had the blessing of accompanying with from undergraduate years to discerning holy matrimony, to participating in their marriages and into, into their adult lives as, as uh, um, husbands or wives and fathers and mothers. And so there are some that I've had for many years. Uh, more frequently, it's, um, it's for you know, a couple of years. 
to kind of get their feet under them, to establish some habits of prayer. Um, they begin to see their own relationship with God with more mature eyes. And then it's a blessing always to hear from them. You know, I just want, you know, counsel or direction about this. There are souls around the country that know that I will do my best to, to work them in, you know. Um, and then there are some that uh, kind of graduate, so to speak, you know, and it's always good to hear from them. But uh, I don't I don't experience they don't experience me being responsible with them or for their spiritual lives. And and I don't experience that ongoing responsibility either. Now, I know that with certain occupations, we talked about counselors or, mm. you know, crisis managers. And and even earlier, you're, what you were describing kind of reminded me of like EMTs, like mm-hmm. a spiritual director is not an EMT, mm-hmm. just there to, to manage a crisis. But talking about those occupations, I know there's an overwhelming temptation to to take home the baggage, the emotional oh, yes. baggage mm-hmm. of the, the situations that they deal with. And I imagine there's something similar in spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. And I just want to ask, how do the servants seek to remain healthy mm-hmm. and balanced and to avoid taking that emotional baggage home yeah. that, that must come with spiritual direction? Yeah. I think our perspective that God is the main director, helps to free us from primary responsibility for resolving everything in a directee's life. You love as much as you can in the hour or longer that you have, and then God is the director of the appointment and God is the director in between the appointment. And so there really is, in a mature director, kind of a a surrender or a handing the directee over to God in the in-between times. Uh, That doesn't mean that we haven't been emotionally invested or emotionally impacted, but it it does. um, There there is both an investment and kind of a release or a surrender, um, if you will. Um, I guess I would say that uh, because we care, sometimes there's you know uh, a a follow up that's before the next appointment. Just hey, hey, how you doing? Sometimes if there is um, something that is kind of gravely, you know, tumultuous, um, whether it's kind of like a a, a certain brokenness or a certain emergency situation, um, a certain uh, uh, distress about sinfulness, or perhaps, you know, some kind of, uh, some kind of experience of darkness. It's, it's not uncommon. I mean, it's not usual, but it's not uncommon for a director, priest, or, you know, brother to say, Hey, I had this appointment and uh, maintaining the confidentiality and discretion, you're just saying, could you just pray for me that that what I experienced, you know, wouldn't, uh, w- whether it was darkness or sin or something, you know, uh, emotionally tumultuous, that they would continue to have kind of a freedom and integrity of their own spiritual life. That doesn't happen frequently, but but we are humble enough to know that when we are severely impacted, we don't want to do this all by ourselves, you know, humanly speaking. We firstly want God's help, and then we humble ourselves sometimes asking just that a fellow member of the community would intercede for us, you know, again, without necessarily names or situations or, or, or details, that a, that a brother would pray or a priest would pray for us. And so, so um, we are dealing with, with beautiful, poignant, delicate areas of life. Um, we can't help, but our humanity is um, blessed to be given and blessed to love profoundly, and and God is love, and uh, and we re- really do rely and depend on God to not only take care of the directee, but also to take care 
of us as directors so that we can keep being available, um, whether we're preaching or teaching or doing more spiritual direction. I am wondering how you've seen the men in your community grow as directors because Mm. as men are raised up in your community and they understand this from the beginning that eventually uh, that they will undertake spiritual direction Mm -hmm. as a superior how have you witnessed men in your community mature and grow as they begin guiding and Mm. being directors of of souls Mm -hmm. It is um, one of the things I most eagerly anticipate and I rejoice to see when um, sons who have been directed continue in direction and sons rise, you know, as directors of others. And uh, and it, it is beautiful that they're eager to do it as well, but they're also humble in doing it. And uh, to tell you the truth, they begin to realize how much they know about their own spiritual life, <laughs> but how much they have to learn about the spiritual life in general mm-hmm. and the spiritual life of those who are different and distinct from themselves, from the inside. Uh, they are floored. My, my lay brothers are floored when they become directors about how gracefully transparent and freely generous these souls are in in bringing them into this conversation with God, which is um, more than discipleship. It's uh, um, And in some ways, it's more than counseling because it's God is, no one's closer to the soul than God. And then the director is kind of a witness to that. Mm. So to see them, um, to teach is to learn twice. To become a director is, <laughs> is to learn the spiritual life at a whole other level. And it's gradual. It is slow. It is painstaking. And, and my, my sons in the community are, are very graceful in kind of representing how they did and what they need help with and receiving, you know, redirection when, uh, when something was disproportionate, um, when, when something it's like, oh, okay, they, they, they talked about a lot of these other things. Did you ever get to their prayer life? You know, it's like, oh, no, but we really needed to talk about all that. It's like, oh, yeah, but is that spiritual direction? <laughs> Did you ever talk about it's like, oh, you know? And so there's there's kind of like a, a learning. There's a there's a learning curve, you know, to being a director, to to keep first things first without excluding, you know, anything. But really, that they they grow and they realize not only more about the spiritual life of the other, but they grow in their own prayer life as well because they're learning spiritual principles, you know again, by seeing them from the giver side and not just from the receiver side. And so so they grow in their own relationship with God, their own personal prayer life. They grow better as directees. They know how to, uh, uh, to kind of like bring their spiritual lives intentionally and more intentionally to their own directors. Um, and then they grow um, into big brothers and father figures. And, um, and so it's just very, it's one of the most rewarding things to watch unfold. Is, uh, is a man who has been directed to kind of grow gradually, gracefully, patiently into, uh, into a director of other souls. So I have to imagine that there is, that there is something really life-giving about being a director. Mm. What's been the greatest fruit in your life of, of providing spiritual direction to others? Mm. One of the greatest fruits is my appreciation for God, my uh, uh, my love of God. Uh, I I have he- been heard to say, "I love the way God loves you." You know, I love the way God loves you, because uh, because God's um, love is uh, is specific to each person, but it's 
in total continuity with the God who loved Abraham, the God who loved Isaac, the God who loved Jacob and Moses and David and Isaiah and Peter and James and John. And and Jesus is so personal with each of the 12 apostles, but differently with each apostle, you know, but it's the same Jesus. And, um, and I recognize the Jesus that I know in the relationship that he has with each directee. That's Jesus. I recognize Jesus. And the way Jesus speaks is is so personal that he's not in contradiction from one directee to another. He's he's the same one um, that's in continuity with all of public revelation here in this private revelation, you know. And so so I'm just amazed, I'm humbled by a God whose um, public revelation, you know, kind of uh, instructs all of us and 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 lays a claim to all of us and binds all of us according to his gospel and his new law. At the same time, he's so uh, particular and personal. And so uh, so I love the way that God loves, you know, Brad Bursa, and I love the way that God loves Meg Welp, and I love the way that God loves Paul Vogrins, and I love the way that God loves Matt Williamson. But God, uh, but God in Jesus speaks so personally and particularly to each of those and and all of the directees that I've had the blessing of of directing. And so so that's that's probably uh, I've just grown in amazement of God myself. And so I thank all those that have asked me to be their director because they've given me a glimpse uh, not only of of them and their virtues and and their areas of growth but even more profoundly they've given me a glimpse of the god um, whom i uh, aspire to love with all my heart mind soul and strength well thank you uh i have one last question mm-hmm. because i know how hard it is to find a good spiritual director yes what advice would you have for someone out there who desires a spiritual director, but just doesn't know how to find one. Yes. Even if you don't wish your pastor to be your spiritual director, ask your pastor first. Um, Your pastor may or may not do spiritual direction, but your pastor is more connected than you know. And your pastor knows priests in the diocese and maybe even lay people in the diocese who does spiritual direction. So, So the first avenue would be to go to a priest or pastor in your own parish. Uh, perhaps for spiritual direction, but also perhaps for referrals or references. Um, secondly, keep your eyes and ears open, you know, because if there's a priest or a religious in your environment that by their example, by their words, by their preaching, by their retreat ministry, just keeps, you know, helping you to grow, um, you might ask them, you know, if they're available or if somebody they know is available. Thirdly, um, I would just say, you know, um, Vocation directors um, of any diocese are good resources for spiritual directors because they have so many people that they have to be able to refer to spiritual direction as they go through discernment process, whether it's for priesthood or religious life. Um, So vocation directors in the diocese know um, who's available. And then I guess I would also say any religious community that is close by, uh, Dominican, Franciscan, um, Jesuit, Oblates of the Virgin Mary, any proximate um, religious community um, will either have spiritual directors or will know spiritual directors as well. So so uh, pastors and priests, people that are in the community that are doing ministry already, um, vocation directors, and then local religious communities. Well, thank you. Is there... Anything else that you'd like to add? Um, just a word of thanks for those men and women that have offered me spiritual direction over the years. Um, just a thanks be to God for them um, who've really invested in me and helped me to see God, see God for myself and then have helped me to grow as a man who has uh, become a director after their image and likeness. 
All right. Well, thank you. It has been a pleasure to sit here and listen as you share about spiritual direction as an apostolic ministry of the servants of Christ Jesus. Next week on the podcast, Father Paul and Brother Peter will be sharing about the Kenya hospital formation exercise of the servants. That's it for today. As always, you can learn more about the Servants of Christ Jesus, and you can find podcast episodes as well as homilies and talks from the servants at scjesus.org. Thank you, Father John, for joining me. Uh, Thank you, Ed. Blessed be God. Blessed be God.